podcast. We're having coffee. I'm having coffee with my wife. We're just talking, and I thought maybe you will join in. Please join us in our coffee time and our prayer times. And we're going to talk about a couple of people that we love hearing in YouTube. Oh, yeah, listening to them. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the audience. We thank you, God, that you've given us a spirit. You have breathed your spirit into us, Lord God. And you are living inside of us, Lord. You are our workmanship. Thank you for the joys and the laughter and the good things you bring to our lives, Lord. We appreciate, appreciate all that works. We appreciate all that doesn't work. And we thank you that you're working on our behalf to, to have freedom, joy, and happiness and laughter, Lord. Mostly laughter. Yes, Humor disarms. Humor disarms. Here we go. Thank you. of wisdom that you can write a book on each statement, huh? They're just very profound. Yeah, there's just And so where does he get that? He seems like he's similar to King Solomon where you're, you're bringing up a proverb that makes yeah. you think. A proverb oh. makes you think. Yeah. You know, and I heard a pastor said, God is not going to give it to you. He goes, you have to ask for it and search for it. He's giving us so much. You know, that's why we get irritated when a person is sitting sleeping all day long in the bedroom we know they're there but it sure bugs our spirit of people that can get out there and enjoy life take a walk i mean get out there and do something go check the mountains go run through the ocean amen babe do you uh, believe that animals have faith i saw on youtube a dog he fell on the on the pool the people were there and you know what the people were shouting look the dog's walking on water he ran right across the pool to the other side I'm telling you this dog walked on water well I think (laughs) yeah I can answer that because I believe I've seen it happen Um, when I was at my mom's these last couple months and even before that but now more so because they feed the birds. They buy the, the bird parrot food or whatever from the 99 store. They buy five packs of it at a time because they, you know, can run out. But they they come and they know. How do they know that that food has been... And how do, how do 20 of them come at a time? Right? Well, they have a network. They talk to well, each that, other. Well, that's what I'm saying. They have faith. They believe. For their community. Yeah. And... When you, some of them even come to a little doorstep. It's like, why haven't you put the food out? So when my parents see them coming there, they see their, it's like a faith thing. Like they get out there and they put the bread out or the grain out that they bought from the 99 cent store. How many of us have not had experience with animals when we were praying and squirrels and deers and just birds? It's just like we attract their curiosity of uh, animals. For instance, I had, uh, I was moving into Hall Avenue in Sacramento and I was singing songs or, or speaking in tongues or something and 
and these two squirrels had to come up to the apartment building to look at me. They got, they went all the way to the door to where I was, uh-huh. and they wanted to see me. I mean, squirrels don't bark on the cement in the uh, in apartment buildings. You know, sure there was the pool, and then there was the things, and it was just amazing that they wanted to take a look at me. They were drawn to this guy full of the spirit of God. Yeah, um, I'm not an animal person. I just not. You know, no, I wouldn't have never been selected to be Noah. Let's say that you were you weren't raised with animals, right? right. Well, you know, we did have a little dog or a cat. We did have that, but we weren't really. I wasn't. I mean, I just never have been. You're not an animal. You're not a fish person either. Yeah. You don't have a fish. You wouldn't find me on the rescue uh, commercials for (laughs) somebody saved a dog, you know. Anyway. Not like you. You're Noah. Okay. So, uh, but uh, my point is that they are, but, you know, having stayed at my sister's for an extended time when my brother was going through the transplant, they are very loving dogs that they had there. And they they did seem to nurture, like my brother, like the one dog would go sleep with him on the couch when he was taking a nap during the day. I have pictures of that. And I was actually looking at that the other day going, wow, my brother was sick and God brought him through this transplant, you know, it just was a miracle. And, um, and then to see the dog become like his buddy, because he would stay at home, because Isabel was never really home that much to handle these dogs and he would get you know babysit them when they were out and so and then you had Rocky who loved you so much he just when he saw you he forgot about them he would be depressed for days when you would leave them him so you know that was something Right, so there is something in animals that, yeah, maybe they don't speak like this or talk like this, but there's God has uh, 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 created them to to worship them, him. And I used to have an old guy tell me that the the, the tail wagging was their love indicator. Oh. You know how much they love you for the tail wagging. But um, yeah, I, I do believe. I do believe. You that wag your tail, baby. You love me like yeah. you love the the pinto beans. That can you open up? I love these beans. <laughs> no, not the pinto beans. I don't like canned pinto beans. You must have heard the wrong thing. I'm just saying. Uh, appreciation for things is nice, huh? Yes, amen. Thank God for His creation. Yeah. All right, let's go ahead and get our Bible study. Um, it's Sunday, and we just want to say hi to everybody and let you know that we're real people. We're not, um, we're actually enjoying our time together. Anna usually is up in Northern California helping her parents. During the summer and winter months. Summer and winter months. So I decided to relax and enjoy a vacation day with her and read the Word of God and just chill, you know. Um, we have accomplished a lot and we have a lot to do. Well, maybe if we're chilling, we'll be able to, uh, to get all the other projects done. Amen. So let's go ahead and start our reading. I'm going to go ahead and turn this off and turn it back up again. God bless you people. Thank you for being part of our lives. We love you. If no one's told you they love you. We love you. We love you. Give you a high five. (laughs) 
Heavenly Father God, we just come to it. We're having a short Bible study here with Anna. She's going to give us a scripture and then let us know what uh, what the beauty entails about it. Uh, we follow a minister called Bill Johnson from Bethel Church up in Redding, California. And he's on YouTube. And there's another co-pastor with him. What's his name? Uh, Chris Valentin. Chris Valentin. They both have written many books and we've been following them for years. Actually, Anna introduced me to this uh, uh, blessings of a uh, Bible tag team that hit it over the fence for us. You know, they they were cool when they were young, motorcycles and all that stuff. Jesus movement. They, the they, Jesus movement. Yeah, Chris got saved in the Jesus movement. Bill was already saved because he's from a, a family of five generations of pastors. When I was a kid, I used to see those, those hippies and go to the houses and drink with them. And some of them looked like Jesus. And some of them looked like Jesus, but were smoking grass. But I, hopefully they got eventually saved. And think about it. There's a lot of Jesus people out there today that are smoking grass. They're saying, my shoulder hurts or whatever. But anyway, that's to God and them. What we have is is the enjoyment of reading the scriptures and diving into the science of the God's word. And the, what is what is the most phenomenal thing in this earth? And it is God and God's love and his structure and, and understanding. And he wants us to enjoy nature, enjoy the beauty of his word and put the two together. Put nature and his word together. And then we... We become one with God. Isn't that a beautiful, beautiful statement? Now, Anna is going to give us a scripture. Give us a, what did uh, Bill W. Bill, Bill Johnson. W, Bill Johnson. The highlight points of his. Uh, yeah, it was, it was just really pretty. Would you like to pray? Yes, Lord, we just thank you, Lord, that um, we're here today, Lord, to uh, ponder on the sermon that we just listened to. Um, and Father, what are the, if the Holy Spirit, if you could highlight what you would want the people to know. And um, we just thank you for the power in the word. We thank you that, that you've given us the mind of Christ. And we thank you, Lord, that it's our inheritance already. And Father, we just thank you for transforming our minds day, daily as and to think about the way you think, Lord, and the way you see things, and the way you, you feel things, Lord. Help us to walk in it, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, um, the main scripture was in Romans 12, um, which starts at, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Okay, it's very powerful because think about your mind and how bombarded it can be in a given day. Um, even just, you know, reading the news or listening to the news or listening to people on YouTube that say this and that and this conspiracy and that conspiracy, all these things coming in or even social media where it can uh, make people feel like, oh, you know, I got to look like a Kardashian, um, this glamorous, this weight, you know, all of that influences our minds and we have to be very careful. 
not to be of the world, the way the scripture in John says, it says, you know, we're in the world, but not of it. So we got to be different. Um, and uh, being careful not to entertain lies into our mind. You know, we got our, we, we can't let our mind be conformed to the world. We have to be transformed by God's word. What does God's word say about that problem? What does God's word say about your, your, about you and your destiny and your purpose and your talents? So, so that's kind of the, the, I thought that was a real good foundation. You know, the scripture says that we have the mind of Christ already. Well, you know, I guarantee Jesus isn't up there thinking, you know, that he didn't create correctly or that he didn't feed more than the multitudes when he, when he, or that he didn't heal enough people. He's not up there thinking that way. He's up there knowing who he is because he knows who he is. And that's where we, as human beings, falter. We, you know, we believe a lie that starts, it could have started when you were younger, I don't know. Could have started uh, at the workplace when you were competing against a job and didn't get the promotion. Now you start to question your abilities and your your confidence and all that kind of stuff. So um, we got to not let our mind get polluted with lies and not let a lie come in, you know, uh, to you know, the seed to come in and just start germinating and start planting, growing and growing and growing. Then it becomes a bigger seed. And it's really hard to, to bring that, um, you know, to cut that off. So one of the other scriptures I thought was really good, uh, that he brought up, which is in second Corinthians 10, four, it says for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. And it says, and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. So that's just saying, you know, there's going to be a lot of things coming against you um, in your in your mind. But the weapons we have are in God, and they're not carnal, and they're not flesh. They are mighty um, to be able to take those thoughts and take them captive, and and to cast them down, and violently cast them down, and and by why how well by speaking God's word about what God says your identity is. So you speak into your spirit by, you know, you, you, you flip the switch. You don't allow those, those, uh, thoughts that aren't, uh, that are a lie that didn't come from God and you cast them out into the sea and you just, you focus in on who you are in Christ. If Christ said you're an overcomer already because he died on the cross for you and he forgave you of your sins, guess what? You're no longer condemned. You're no longer full of shame or guilt, no matter what. And, you know, a good example is condemning yourself for what you did maybe 30 years ago. 
Okay, we don't have control of that's gone already. But Jesus said, hey, I died for that. It's covered by the blood. Move forward. So you got to take those thoughts and, and squelch them. You know, get your boot out and put your foot on it and say, no, you're not accepting that lie to come into your thoughts. And the one other point I thought was really a good point, which is something I need to think about, is is making sure I repent when when I allowed that lie to to you know when I believe something, I believe that lie when I know that God's truth says otherwise. You know, I gotta I gotta do a repentance with God, a godly repentance, to let Him know, Lord, I'm sorry that I. You know, that I believed, you know, what wasn't true. I didn't, I chose to believe what you didn't say about me. See, you got to practice that. But more importantly, practice every day who you are in Christ. You practice what God says about you. You got the victory. You're healed. You're an overcomer. Um, and you're, you focus on his report and his report of the word about your situation and you and you keep you keep on you don't just do it once in a while you you got to do it like a daily routine like you shower you know so i thought that was a really good good point but um we can start you know meditating on this second uh, ten, uh second corinthians 10:4 and know that that god pulls down strongholds you know, we have a supernatural um, um, gift to to be able to, to use God to pull down those strongholds that are saying, hey, you know, you need that, you need to take that drink of alcohol because, hey, it's the only way out, you know, and that's a lie. So, you know, you, you, no matter what your problem is, you got to put it and cast it down and don't let that stronghold develop. And, and don't believe the lies and bring them into captivity. How? Well, go back to the cross. Why did Jesus die on the cross for you? You know, um, go back to the cross. It, it, the blood of Jesus has cleansed you. The blood of Jesus has, has allowed you to be walking to, from victory to your destiny. So really what, you know, you got to go back to what Jesus did for you already, you know, and, 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 and take hold of that and meditate on the scriptures that will allow you to, to be, you know, free, more free every day um, and have the abundant life. Anyway, this is a quick dump. There's more to it. Thank you, babe. It brings to my attention. Yeah. That I still, I'm born again, but I uh-huh. still feel, I still feel guilty. I yeah. still feel shame. I still feel, what's the problem? And I was thinking, you know, I try to tackle and, and explain that. I think a lot of people did do in the beginning. You're being transformed. Metamorphosis is going to yes. take a while for the word yeah. of God to clean up our years and years of no training in the word of God. Right. Right, we're, we're getting right. inserts. So one of the ways that you can experiment, no one can tell you any difference when you have experienced something. 
<laughs> Excuse me. My experience is don't lean forward so much. I'm leaning so forward so much. I'm cutting off my air. Excited <laughs> about this. Yes. I'm trying to listen to this woman here, and it's working. The point I'm making is we read scriptures last night a lot about uh, healing scriptures, and we did it for about an hour. Yeah. You know, and lo and behold, the next day, this morning, we slipped in, was very restful. I got up very peaceful. I am enjoying every moment. I'm not in a rush. You know, there was a lot of appointments I could have taken. Today's Sunday. Could have gotten a Zoom class from Northern California. Could have went to an AA meeting. And, uh, and go, go, go. But I'm thinking, what's the most valuable thing that we can do with our time is get into the Word of God and stop and listen to God and stop fretting and running so much. So right. what I'm saying is read the night before John, the book of John, or, or, or healing scriptures. Record them on your phone like we do so you can listen to them. We record this stuff and then we listen to it as we sleep. And it puts us to sleep. We put you know, an hour of it. And the wonderful thing about it is we're using technology to give us peace the next day. <clears throat> if you look, the difference is, is when you wake up and you're, and, you're, and you're all bothered and things are not right and it's another day, it's because we spend too much time in the worldly things, worldly commercials, worldly entertainment, and it doesn't give us the life that we need. Anyway, God bless you. Talk to you later. Give them heaven and enjoy the rest of your day. Amen. Amen. Bye. I'm sitting here with Anna and the, the revelations keep coming. We're talking about uh, Bill Johnson and the seminar when I first went down there about, what, 10 years ago, huh? Yeah, yeah, In Pasadena, it was... 11 the same seminars that they had up Northern California called yeah. Thunder in the Bay. And they brought them down here and started doing seminars in a church in Pasadena. Who was the pastor that hosted it? Remember? Uh, it was H-Rock Church. H-Rock Church? And Chi is his name. I forget his full Chi, name. Chi? Chi. In other words, thank you so much for listening in. To you. Uh, we're talking about that I went and I was impressed with Bill Johnson when I saw him for the first time. All that seminar. He, he was cool, you know, he was just dressed like a truck driver, I believe, you know, very cool. And he uh, leaned up against it and started talking and waiting on the Holy Spirit. So he was, he was doing, uh, talking with us and then waiting for the Holy Spirit to come down. And then he would display the, the revelations of God. And I was impressed and I was hooked. Then uh, they had a, a tunnel of prayer. All the ministers got up there. And they started praying for everybody as you went through the tunnel. They yes, laid, I remember we went to that tunnel. They laid hands on it, you know, and yeah, some people would like, whoa, whoa. It was so much fun being a Christian and going to these seminars. And then the other thing that happened that night when I slept, I, I, I had a dream that a lot of us businessmen were on the, uh, in the patio waiting for the next seminar to start. And we were throwing... Of football at each other three of us like a triangle and the football was a dove a white dove that would fly to each person as you were throwing the uh, the football to each other we're just tossing in the dove would fly and signifies the Holy Spirit 
And we were there, and Anna says that uh, I pointed to a lady that's about 15 uh, rows away, maybe 10 rows away. There was a lot of young kids that were going to the Bible college that had come down from Bethel from Reading to support that seminar. And they were praying for all the people there. They were practicing praying in this particular segment. And I, I, I told Anna, we're sitting back. I said, why don't you have that girl, I pointed to go, that girl pray for you. And she's talking to somebody else and she's up 10 rows up. And what happened, Anna? Well, uh, the young lady had was just baptized in the Holy Spirit and she was moving a lot. And I just, I judged and I didn't take it seriously, I think. Like, who's this girl? Yeah, who's this girl gonna pray for, you know? So he said, you ought to have her pray for you. And I'm like, I looked at him like, yeah, that's okay. I discounted her, which was wrong. But lo and behold, the Lord probably heard my thoughts and brought her straight to me. Okay, she started walking my way and asked, can I pray for you? She walked out of her row yeah. and walked up, up the up platform. The, yeah, and, and so she came up and just gave me a wonderful prophetic prayer. And, uh, you know, I had my hands open. She says, these hands are royalty. You know, and she just, it was a great, great experience. Uh, but not even saying a word to her about my concerns, okay? Because here I had just moved from the Silicon Valley, married Fernando, and neither one of us had jobs at the time. They were both, you know, just married, but no job. Uh, and I'm used to having a job. And so anyway, I just packed everything up from Morgan Hill, California and moved in this direction. And naturally there was going to be some financial uh, concerns or needs. And so she came, when she prayed, the word she gave me to uh, that I hang on to to this day, you guys are going to have more than your money's worth. More. That was a prophetic. That statement. was a prophetic statement. You'll so have more than. Whatever we give to the church, you're going to have more than your we money. We did sacrifice, right? Yes. We, we, through this it was time, hundred and ten a piece or something. Yeah, we did. Yeah, I don't. It was a big. It, 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 yeah, we planted. We tied there. We gave an offering, but that I didn't say anything to her. Hey, I have this concern. She just said, "You guys are going to have more than your money's worth," and I believed her word. And I often call it in. Lord, you said we're going to have more than our money's worth. And we have. We keep on having. And it's going to keep on coming. The stream. So then the next day after that, we were out there in the line to get in, I think, again or something. And lo and behold, that young lady was sitting down there in a circle of people. Normal. She didn't, I mean, she wasn't under the Holy Spirit at that moment, Mm. you know, like she was that night. So she had just freshly been baptized with the Holy Spirit. And the next day she's like, ah, la-di-da-di-da, sitting around, talking to her friends. And I was amazed. Hey, that's the girl who prayed for me, you know? I mean, it was just God. God can only bring those kind of encounters your way that are fun. And I, I love it. I love the prophetic. I love the edifying of the church. I love, you know, seeing young people 
walking around with the Holy Spirit. You know, that was like one of the very first times because it was really, Randy Clark was also there and he's the one that was praying for the healing, but also the baptism went out of the Holy Spirit with people and she would, she caught it. And, uh, and it was amazing to, to witness. Yeah. Uh, what are your biggest uh, financial achievements in this? How, how, how pressed? Now you said that we didn't have, that we both didn't have any jobs. Right. We both never got any jobs. Right. Maybe I got a little bit of work, but uh, it, no, not. My unemployment kicked in, yeah. and uh, I had, and God, and we went three years like that till God gave us a solid income coming in through my union right yeah right retirement right but But along the way we had a lot of miracles happen to us Uh, one of them was that um, my my homes I had three homes and two of them were were upside down all three of them were upside down and you know I just since I wasn't working I just I couldn't afford the houses anymore and so uh, we had to short sell them and in the process of the short sale, we got $5,000 for each house that was sold. But the biggest miracle I remember happening was with, with the personal house that I have now, where my parents live. That was a house I purchased for my parents. I purchased it so that they wouldn't have to be dealing with any people raising their rent. You know, and for years and years and years, there was no rent raising until I finally had, you know, okay, 300 bucks, you know, uh, but by the grace of God, you know, he honored that, you know, the scripture says, I will, I, you know, it will go well for you. It's a promise in the commandments. If you honor your mother and your father. So I just looked at it like, I don't want them to have to be dealing with rent increases. That's way back then. Okay. And, um, Fast forward to today and today's rents, you know, I wouldn't want them living in a house and then all of a sudden their rent's going up 500 bucks or whatever, like in these times that we're in. So thank God, you know, they're, they're paying minimal rent still, you know, and, but it's, they're paying the mortgage. So that blesses me and they're not having to worry about anybody coming in saying I'm raising your rent. So that's, that's kind of like what I, I, I hung on to all those years. But anyway, so this house, I took some, I did something wrong without consulting God. I took out money and I paid some bills. I paid the car off. Yeah, I I paid the car off. I did some things. I pulled money to invest in this place in Mexico called San Felipe. And I shouldn't have done that. But I did. And I didn't consult the Lord. So... Anyways, the mortgage payment went up and, um, you know, I didn't know what I was going to do because we weren't working. And so I didn't pay it for it. I got like a forbearance on it for six months or something till we figured things out. And the interesting thing is that I, that was a time they were doing loan modifications because of the 2008 crash. They were still working on loan, loan modifications and it was available. But guess what? When you don't have a job, they don't really want to give you a modification. <laughs> so I had tried 
to get a modification that got turned down. But then, from le- and I had been praying. I've been praying, Lord, I need help with this mortgage. I need to f- the loan modification. I need something. And I've been praying Ephesians 3.20, which is, God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you could ask or imagine. But the second part of the scripture says, according to the power that's inside of you. So that power is Jesus, right? So he's able to do it, but I got to tap into the power inside of me, which is Jesus. So I began to tap into Jesus when I got on my knees and <laughs> began to pray, Lord, you're able to do this. I mean, I was, that was like pressing in and pressing in and pressing in. Well, lo and behold, all of a sudden, I get a phone call. And it's from this lady. And she says, well, we want to offer you a loan modification. I'm like, well, I already tried. Well, let's see what we can do. I need this. I need this. She started asking me for things she needed. And um, it was, it happened very quickly. I got her the information I needed. It was a lot of questions. She told me, give me this, give me that. I'd send it to her. She'd say, do this, tweak this, tweak that. She was literally helping me. Literally my advocate for this. So then, once we got everything all through, right before Christmas, maybe two days before Christmas, I got a car. Her name was Jody Stanger. I think that was her name. God bless her. And I got a call before Christmas. Well, we're able to figure something out for you. Okay. And she says, and we're going to send you the papers and we'll send them out by such and such a time. And we're going to, I need you to sign those papers. And here's what it's going to look like. Well, the payment was very affordable and they were going to eliminate part of the loan amount and it would happen on a, what do you call it, um, a time basis. So, you know, this much will be uh, eliminated, forgiven, and this year, this one will be uh, eliminated this year, blah, blah, blah. So I was happy that it was going to be done, okay? So then we were on our way to Las Vegas and we had stopped somewhere because I had gotten a phone call from them. Well, I called them up and said, I haven't gotten the paperwork yet. What happened? I was told I was getting the paperwork. So I talked to their loan department and they said, well, uh, don't worry about it. We're, we're just reworking the numbers. That's it. But, you know, we're working on it. Don't worry. They assured me, don't worry. And the guy said to me, this has never ever happened before. Those were his words. Like he hadn't seen this before. And then I remember, well, let me continue. And then I'll throw that other piece of information in. Uh, so then the papers came. They, you know, and the papers came and the modification or the payment was great. It's manageable. Uh, second of all, the, they uh, they said we're going to eliminate $204,000 off of the loan. $204,000. So it was more than what they had told me. And 
it was going to happen now. It wasn't going to have to be over a period of so many years, right? So it got it got eliminated quickly. I signed the papers. We got the new payment. Everything was, God, he's so big. Who eliminates over $204,000 off your mortgage payment that's upside down that you made a mistake on? Who? God. God sees our mistakes, but he also fixes. He's a good God. So then what happened I'm going back to this thing where the guy told me this will never ever ha- this has never ever happened before. I used to go to Jubilee Christian Church in in San Jose and Kim Clement, Clement a prophet of God would come there, you know, quite often. He loved to come and prophesy there and, and have worship and everything and there was one time where he had us prophesying. This has never ever happened before. This has never ever happened before. So we were singing that, that whole room of over 2,000 people. And I probably have it on CD in the garage and I would love to hear that because anyways, that, that that's what happened. It came to pass is what I wanted to say. The words came to pass. So the, I got this letter and this, well, you know, if you make all your payments on time, we'll give you another $5,000, you know. So it turned out I did. And after a certain point, they they shaved another $5,000 off the loan. And then as I got to the end of the loan time frame of the modification of the program they put me in, they said, ah, we're going to give you another $6,000. It's the anniversary of your loan. We're going to give you another $6,000 off the loan. So I was still reaping even five years after the, you know, the modification was finalized or whatever you call it, that you made all the commitments. So what I wanted to point out is that we were sowing, okay? Yes, our financial situation didn't look good, but we planted and sowed every time, okay? We were continuing to do that. We never stopped, you know, we, um, and the miracle is we were also getting money coming in from a relative every month on time. Uh, so that was helping us. I mean, it came from left field. Um, and um, my point being is that we, we sowed that money out. We sowed that, we used that money, we were sowing it out, babe. So, because remember we also sowing to Anthony and his, his, him, monthly, right? He was going to buy vegetables or whatever he was doing. But, um, which he used the money wisely to to go to school and get his tax uh, testing and all that to become a a H&R Block representative. So that happened. So I guess the word is that the scripture does work. You know, uh, go to God, take your problem to God, believe he's a helper, and when you sow, expect the blessing to come back at you. So... That was one of the most incredible miracles that God did for us as we, as we, when we got married and when we, you know, we were in a situation, but we kept giving to God. We kept believing in the, the principles of the Bible, the spiritual principle that says when you sow, you know, it shall be given back to you, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men come to give into your bosom. Now, that's amazing because that's what happened. Okay, we kept getting money coming in. And uh, that's awesome. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.
Jesus for the testimony. Amen. Praise the Lord. You know, um, one of the things that we went through that we were helping my sister, she was in a wheelchair, oh, yeah. and we would take her places, but at that time, we had one of Anna's uh, car that we revived. Mm-hmm. It was actually sat over a year, finally got it started. A Lexus, but it takes a lot of money to keep it up. We finally got it going, and um, well, anyway, we had to go to Las Vegas and visit her. She was staying, my sister was staying over there, and help them out, give them a break while they... You know, uh, taking care of someone that's that's uh, can't get out of their bed is very taxing on everyone. So we would go over there. And yes. St- and my other sister, little sister, she would start giving us her 10% on our income. Yes. And right when we need it, uh, okay. we're going by yes. faith on yes. credit cards yes. to Vegas. And she, like, throws a Hail Mary pass. We'll catch it around Barstow. It'll come in in the yeah. checking account. Right. And bing. And uh, wow, look. God is paying for our, for being of service. Yes. For being of service. Yes. And we really put a strain on everything, on ourselves, and sleeping very little and working. And we got that done. My sister finally went home to be with the Lord. But boy, we prayed and we prayed. Yes, she was yes. a lot of fun. Yes. And uh, I would watch, stay with her and, and watch Korean soap operas with her two, <laughs> three in the morning. You oh know. my gosh. <laughs> I love my sister. Yes, amen. And my God sisters. bless us. God bless our families. Yes, God bless amen. you all. Thank you for uh, listening to us and letting Anna give a testimony. And me too. Bye now. <laughs>